This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. And I say, hey, what a wonderful kind of day. If you could learn to work and play, and get along with each other. Welcome everybody to Wednesday War Games, episode number 34. Joining me as always is my wonderful, lovely co-host Liam Jones. Liam, hey. 34. 34, which uh, is not us. the number of episodes, it's not the number of weeks there have been episodes of Monday Night because we've missed one. I did one by myself and one with Rob, so you've missed three. Uh... Well, that's fine. I'm like Lesnar. I show up, get paid, draw the viewers, and leave. And then take a few days off and then miss recording days too often, don't you, Liam? Listen, I gotta make a special. Or else, what's the point? Making this very timely podcast about the Wednesday Night War is released on a Friday slash maybe even Saturday. Yeah, but did you see the response when it was released on the actual day? The thing was, people were like, ooh, early Wednesday War Games. Like, no, this is where the podcast is always meant to be released. I hope that that's uh, indicative of our growing fan base and that they are not people who were around for the original shows where it was just released on the correct day. And now they're like, ooh, it's new. So really, my long-term plan of being lazy has come around to making people expect less of us. So then we overachieve more easily. Our consistent releasing it late has has realigned people's expectations to think that it's meant to come out on Friday instead of Thursday. So in conclusion, you're welcome. Uh, yeah, so now we can just start releasing it on Sunday and everyone will be like, whoa, yeah, it's <laughs> early this week. We'll release it one hour after both shows end. Uh, the following week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like that delayed of it. Well, that's basically like, we would have done a Sunday episode basically on that one time that we didn't both didn't do it. Uh, yeah, we could have, but then, you know, that's actually quite hard to say, ah, my throat is giving out on me. It's, it's, it's two minutes into a podcast throat. Come on, get your get your crap together. But yes. Oh, we got so much to talk about. We're going to talk about what we did this week. That's our new <laughs> segment. What Liam and Garrett did this week. There's a lot of things doing this week. It's, it's upsetting. It's a very I didn't do anything. I just sat exist- there. You, you wallowed is what you did this week. Yeah, I just literally, most of my week has just been sitting there scrolling on Twitter and just like despairing at the world that this is the state of affairs, that this is the way we are now. And uh, like you, you said when I called you, it's like the world is upside down. It's like maybe the world is right side up for once. Mm. I guess all we can really hope for is that some positive change will come out of all of this. That's a long hope these days. But see that even that even that I'm like oh as if you know people You've marching in hope. the streets will actually have You've change. You've lost all hope. Like because you see this over and over again where it seems like you know there's there's going to be a difference. People there's going to be a meaningful action based but, on people's Garrett, intent. And as I said happens. before, the corporations are on the side this time, and we're all like, oh Pepsi, tweet about Black Lives Matter instead of being like, hey public representatives, actually. Do something about this. Mm. <sighs> Though fair play to the brands. We mentioned this well before we started recording as well. Fair play we should to the just not talk. We should just record the minute we <laughs> open the call. That's true. Uh, but the brands that are actually doing something about it, uh, fair play to them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, to me, in my general distrust of our power systems <laughs> in every country, it's at least a somewhat reassuring sign that these major corporations have seemingly decided which side is going to win because mm. they're choosing to side with that side and if they thought there was a chance of it no- of nothing coming out of this I think none of them would have said anything because corporations are horrible, greedy, cynical people who will pick the side in which they believe they will make most money and you know, as you mentioned they're they're picking at least the right side of history in this instance, and like it's to give them the least amount of credit possible while while saying <laughs> this. It's like I have no faith in any of them or why they're doing it. I think it's completely just for their bottom line. But 
hey, as long as it's getting out there, it's it's like um. I guess how betting odds are calculated. It's not necessarily the reason why things are happening, but just oh, look at the signs pointing that way. If they believe that the the, the their best interest is in ending racial and social inequality, then are, are good, I guess. Thumbs up. <laughs> the current odds on ending racism. Yeah. Uh, like just scrolling Twitter and seeing like the never, like literally never-ending feed of just police brutality during protests against police brutality, and you're mm. just like. You couldn't even, like, get your shit together for the week and a half that people will be actively protesting police brutality. And you, well, like, the, they prolonged the time that these they're going to most actively be out there going against it. <laughs> like, that's, this, you know, this place, you know, this country. There's, there's a great, big, giant, stupid spotlight right on police brutality right now. And all they can do in response to that is just shoot tear gas into peaceful protests. And I'm like, how is that even your response to this? It's. I also think that like, there's this public outcry from people all over the world, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very important for people who aren't in America to not just hyper focus on America, as if racism is only an American yeah. phenomenon. And I, I don't know, you know, what the police situation in Ireland is. <laughs> I don't really keep up with it, surprisingly. But, like, Australia has its fair share of problems, too. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the swell, and the well-deserved, you know, swell that is happening in America, because it's, I I assume it's the most blatant example of this, and the most extreme example of this. But take your time, if you are from a different country, to use this as a time to reflect on your own country and your own problems as well. Like, obviously, show your support, donate if you can, Support Black Lives Matter in any way that you can, but also take this time as a time of reflection to see what changes need to be made on your home ground. The, like, the thing with Ireland is, or as I look at the stats right now, 82.2% Irish, most of whom would be white, and then 9.5% other white. So we're above 90% white. So, like, we have less racism because we're just all white. And I can mm. guarantee if, like, we had more, uh, like, a greater representation of minorities among our population, there, there would be a much greater percent of racism in this country. Uh, so it's, it's nice to be like to sit back and go, like, we have less racism in Ireland, which we probably do. That's a factual statement. But we mm. also have less races in Ireland. So, whereas, like, here we have a, a very tumultuous history <laughs> in which a lot of bad things have happened to a lot of groups and specifically to the indigenous population and even to go with the current uh, the current theme of things um there is obviously a lot of police brutality issues and a lot of uh death in custody and a lot of incarcer- the incarceration rates and the death in custody rates of the indigenous population in Australia, as far as I'm aware from numbers that I've just seen over the last few weeks because it sparked up this whole debate itself, are just, they dwarf everything else in comparison. And a lot of the, a lot of that comes from a lot of like really racist policies that we have too. So it's like, it's really like, I don't know. It just, it sucks. Like, every country on Earth has race. And, like, there's probably a little bit of racism in everybody. It's Because, like, it's bred into every... There's an Avenue Q song that we're all a little bit racist sometimes. And it's probably true. But the idea that, like, you're supposed to recognize when that happens. When that little thing goes off in your brain about other people. And you're like, no, stop it, my dumbass brain. Stop being racist. Mm. And, like... The idea that people don't not only don't combat that, but, like, fully embrace it is just so... Or in... In the, a lot of cases that we're seeing, it's like institutionalized and completely folded into the fabric of someone's existence after a certain point. Yeah, that, like that's that, that's the thing. It, like it is institutionalized. It's culturalized as well, which is the reason there there is probably a little bit of racism in all of us because it's, it's uh, uh, as is often said, racism is no one is born racist. You learn how to be racist, and there are things in society that, that tell you that people that look or think or or act differently than you are somehow less than, and we increasingly believe that, even though it's complete and utter nonsense. And a, a part of it too is like. It's, there's a lot of people that get uh, upset and I think they just don't necessarily understand or in some cases I'm sure being uh, choosing to be willfully ignorant but like a lot of people 
um, get angry when things like, like, they call them microaggressions, uh, get brought up, like, the way people act about a certain race in, a, like, a jovial manner, like, a lot of it's casual racism, and people could think, oh, well, I'm not actually racist, it's just casual, it's jokes, and it's like, but you don't understand that those, the casual racism is what's, uh, implanting these ideas into people that may not have had these ideas because, you know, they're kids or whatever, and they see their parents making a racist joke into their parents, you know, it's not hate-filled, but it starts to build that perception of people. It just it just creates those attitudes and behaviors in us. I'm like, we're two white guys, you know? Yeah, it's two white guys from Australia and Ireland. We're definitely not the ones to be tackling America's Far. race Far. problems. Far from but, authorities on racism. But the thing is, it, it would feel disingenuous to come on and not mention something that, if you've seen our Twitter feeds, we're pretty outspoken about. And it's, it's just like these stupid dumb wrestling shows that we will talk about but like they're the yeah. least important thing on the face of the earth right now so it would feel very strange to go on like hey guys let's talk about hangman page returning to AEW. how do we feel about that and we will do that but yeah uh, but at the same time you kind of gotta acknowledge the happenings of the world i think a little bit because as much as WWE may try to preach to us about it being an escape, oh, it, it really isn't. <laughs> it's more there is just... no there, there, and in fact, like not only is there no escape from it, there should not be an escape from it. Because mm. escaping from it is privilege on our part. It's like it's easy for us to go like, oh, well, I'll just you know stop looking at Twitter for a while, as if the problem disappears, as if mm. institutional racism doesn't continue to exist when I'm not looking at it. Well, in a lot of ways, it doesn't for us. If we it doesn't. It. No, it doesn't. That's the, that's the problem. So I, I can happily live my life without ever really thinking I will be racially abused in literally any way whatsoever. So, you know, why should I care? And that's the attitude a lot of people have. It's like, it doesn't happen to me, so it's not real. And th- to those people, I say, go fuck yourself. Mm. And, like, I think, you know, we try to reach at any sort of silver lining that happens in all this violence, uh, like, some good that's come out of this is at least that people who were trying to put those blindfolds on, who were trying to put those blinders on and ignore everything that was happening, that in this moment they're being confronted with it and they're starting to open their eyes a little bit because it's, it, they can't run from it because it's at such a large scale. And at the very least, so many brands have come out in support of Black Lives Matter that... Actual racists have so little uh, uh, can't uh, can't actually watch anything. Yeah, nothing anymore. to do. <laughs> There's no wrestling shows they can watch anymore, which is that's nice. No video games they can play. No, they can't play any video games. They probably can't eat any food at this stage. So there well, you go. Oh no, the racists can't eat. <laughs> yes, it's a devastating problem for the poor racists. <sighs> Like and all the disingenuous, because like the entire U.S. right has operated in bad faith for the best part of like I don't know fifty years. Like everything mm. they say about freedom, everything they say about like small government, everything they say about fiscal responsibility, everything they say about literally any social issue, they don't actually mean. They don't care. They don't believe any of it. It is literally all just a tactic to rile people up and get reelected, and it it shows this. Way. Week, the same week that, that these people are like, freedom, 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 and then the US government shoots tear gas on peaceful protesters, and the mm. same people that shout freedom until the end of time are suddenly like, oh well, those people should obey the law. These same people, by the way, mm. <laughs> who like three weeks ago were like, I have a right to get a haircut, shouting in the face of the police, but now everyone should obey the authorities and stay inside, even though institutional racism and people are dying, and like, that's all people are asking for. Stop killing us in the streets stop mm. treating us differently solely because of what we look like why is that such a divisive thing why is not that not a thing that people are like yeah <laughs> yeah stop having these preconceived notions about us before you even meet us and it's like the thing is I was like imagine if like this exact scenario like any of these people who are against this if this exact scenario was flipped and they were became the minority all of a sudden you know exactly how they would react. They like, they be, they were the minority when it came to goddamn uh, coronavirus and having to stay inside. <laughs> and they immediately couldn't handle it. <laughs> Yet they expect other people to do it, or they just ignore their plights and they ignore their pleas. 
They care about literally nothing but themselves. That's that's a, that's all it comes down to. All these people only care about themselves and their own self-interest and whether or not they're okay. And everyone else, who cares? God. Hmm. And this is what you came to Wednesday War Games <laughs> to listen to. On the bright side, opening the show with 15 minutes about this means if we do have any racist listeners, they're gone! Yeah. They're bolted at this point. Because, like, that's the, th- that's the reason brands don't speak out. They're, like, afraid they'll lose the racists. And if you're afraid you'll lose the racists, I'm sorry. Just, like, like go away. Just close your business. That's a reason that a president of a country didn't reach out or didn't condemn any actions because they were scared they were going to lose the racists. So, like, yeah. We are we will happily lose the racists. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I don't care about y'all. Get out of here. Uh, every week, we talk about AEW <laughs> Dynamite. Except for that one week. <laughs> WWE NXT. Last week... AEW won, so we shall open the show talking okay, about these glad- very important Oh, we've moved on shows. from that topic. How did AEW open their show? Uh, they did indeed open with a, a Black Lives Matter message, which was nice. A nice little video. So, they acknowledged it. So, racists can't watch AEW, thank God. Yeah, uh, well, they're done. Like, the, imagine, I wonder, like, if I could see, like, the minute one results to the minute two results. But is the there, ratings. like, a giant d- drop-off in racism yeah. from the racists? They're ah, like, no. My wrestling has... My, I don't want politics in my wrestling. Yeah. Ooh. AEW Dynamite opened with Hangman Page and Kenny Omega defeating Kick Sabian and Jimmy Havoc in a fun World Tag Team title match. I missed Hangman Page's entrance music. Yeah, it's a banger. It's a great theme song. It's like, ah, oh, look at that. I'm, I'm just as happy to hear his theme song as I was to actually see him wrestle. <laughs> It, it it did feel weird because it's been so long. It's been obviously he was on watch um, McCall. He was in the stadium stampede, but is, this on is a his horse. first on a horse indeed. But this is his first conventional wrestling match since uh, coronavirus hit. So, well, anyway, uh, just you know, to retort to one Joe Lanza, one of our overlords, um, uh-huh. it is a match. Yes, it is a match. People are like cinematic wrestling. It's like the Stadium Stampede had more in common with like 1999 WWF hardcore matches than it did with the final deletion. So like, stop yeah. it. It like it, it had more in common with like <laughs> Jeff Hardy versus Imaga Falls Count anywhere. Yeah, or like like Al Snow and Hardcore Holly or whoever it was brawling out into the Mississippi River. That that's like the the through line there, not like like you know Lucha Underground. So stop. And like, did it affect the rankings? It was a match. Boom. Gotcha. <laughs> there you go. Oh, AEW's ranking. Speaking of ranking, and by the way, I looked at the tag team rankings after Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc were number one contenders, and they still weren't in the top five. And I was mm. like, "What's happening here? What are we doing?" I, d- I g- just have the rankings as a visual thing. Don't actually use them for anything. <laughs> but like, why is a team that's literally getting a tag team title shot not in the rankings? Gah. These stupid... Like, I, I think the rankings are a perfectly fine idea. They basically justify your booking and to keep you honest so that you actually work toward making <laughs> The problem is you've got to be kept honest. <laughs> yes, you actually have to keep yourself honest. You can't just, you know, do a number one contenders match for no discernible reason and then give the team the title shot that's not even in the top five and they're still not in the top five despite winning the number one contenders match. The, uh, stupid rankings. The thing is, like, you've given yourself an out too by saying, like, quality of win. So you could have, mm. like, not branded it a number one contendership match and just had them win decisively and say, well, based on their quality of win last week, they've been awarded a tag team title shot. Oh, that's silly. Uh, good match. Uh, Page and Omega are a good team. Their finisher is called The Last Call now, which is stealing James Storm's name. But, alas. Also, it's like, it's just playing off one person. <laughs> it's just the Hangman Page thing. Yeah, it should be the, the Sans call. Last Sans. Game over. Kota, Kenny, Hangman, Love Fest. <laughs> Rest move. in peace, Kota. Uh, subtweet New Japan video, uh, Lariat. <laughs> my my fan fiction. <laughs> Lariat. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Paige in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Kenny's Western Adventure. <laughs> That's basically what AW is, so that works. Back to the Future 3. <laughs> Hey, Kushida's in NXT. 
Oh, what a trio that would be. Actually, yeah, Back to the Future 3 would be a great name for a Kushida and Hangman Page tag team. I know what our TW game is going to be. Uh, yeah, they won. It was a good match. I liked it. Yeah, it's probably not the strongest Kenneth Page tag match. They were wrestling Jimmy Ever. Havoc and Gibson. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, like I've said, staunch supporter of the Havoc Sabian team. They need a tag name. Um, and they do Marty and Sabre's tag finish, and that's a cool finish. So, yeah, big thumbs up from me. Uh, we got footage of Tolly Blanchard's really good Twitter promo, which thankfully they put on the show. And then Tolly gave him a, a glove. So, there we go. What a payoff. What a payoff. He, uh, the, gl- the glove is some, like, dumb territory thing, right? It's a loaded punch thing, yeah, more likely. Cool. You know the only loaded gimmick, only good loaded, like, whatever gimmick ever was Hero having the loaded elbow pad and him yeah. saying that it, it was extra powerful because he got it from Masao? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great justification for why it's stronger. Oh, it's Masao's elbow pad. <laughs> this makes perfect sense. So Spears has gone from tan guy to chair guy to glove guy. Oh, yeah. They should have got... He should get, like, a cozy for his chair and put it over it and hit them, and it's double powerful. <laughs> um, and we also get the write-off of the tag team shtick. That's not going to happen anymore, so... Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a great six months of storytelling they just did. Well, I'm sure that was corona-affected. I wonder who the original plan was. Maybe it was Cage. Uh, well, no, apparently Taz and Cage was always the plan, but they just had to push it back a few months. I wonder who it was. I wonder who it was destined to be. On the topic of Cage, he squashed Sean Dean. I have a problem with AEW managers because, like, too many of the wrestlers they're managing are basically becoming some variation of mini me's or or tied to the nostalgia of their manager. Like Sean Spears is, is basically trying to be Tolly Blanchard. Brian Cage is uh, like Taz does his catchphrase, but Brian Cage. Brian Cage's music is Taz's ECW music, but With Brian his old, Cage like dumb quote <laughs> reworked Which for makes him. No, no sense. Absolutely no sense for his Brian theme Cage. Sucks too, but... by the way. Yeah, like the I, I thought AEW suck. themes started to get the act together a little bit, and then like this. I was like, ugh. And if, what, uh, the other one, like, uh, the entirety of the build to Archer against Cody was about freaking Jake Roberts and his snake. So, but like, I think just... at least with Archer and Jake, they've distinguished them enough as actual characters. But maybe that was because Jake was gone for a month or two. Mm. But I think Archer stands out at least. These managers should be there to lend credibility and, and amplify the performers. The performers should not be beholden to the nostalgia of the managers. And it's like it reminds me of like TNA when when Ric Flair managed AJ Styles and AJ Styles became a mini me version of Ric Flair, and it was the yeah. stupidest thing. Or Hulk Hogan managed the Abyss and gave him his goddamn Hall of Fame ring, which gave yeah, him yeah, and power. he got superpowers. Speaking of, like, it's basically the same angle as Chris Hero, so you should hate it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like it's funny because Misawa. But Hulk Hogan, I wonder if they turn a bit racist as well. Oh, the man, that's Hogan versus Masao. <laughs> Dream match. They'd probably have a really good match in Japan. Uh, but yeah, uh, managers. make Managers there to amplify the performers. Don't strip away the performers' individuality just because you're stuck in the nostalgia of the manager. Yep. That match is happening at Fighter Fest, which is two days. Yeah, Moxley's promo was good. I like Moxley's promo. And I, like, Taz is a really great promo. Just get the Taz nostalgia out of there. Moxley, like, leans a little too... I mean, I don't know if this is a bad thing, necessarily, but a little Dean Ambrose WWE champion in this mm. promo, I felt. Like, I felt you could have swapped the belts and swapped the haircuts and it would have been the same promo. See, I, I think I think wrestling has a babyface champion problem, where they're all just kind of the same. It's like, I'll be a fighting champion. I'm an honest, decent person. And the and thing like, is, like, it's much harder to book a babyface champion. That's why, like... Every progress babyface champion turned heel in their reign. Yeah, so like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not sure what to do about babyface champions, but they all end up kind of being the same. Yeah, I guess the only you can either do like, I'm cocky fighting champion, or you can do like Cody, I'm the workhorse champion. That's really the two sticks you got. <laughs> I don't know. People have you can have more individual characters. I, I nah, guess they're the only two. 
we got we got a, 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 like two back-to-back pre-tapes, which, which both uh, uh, alleviated my problem with managers and then amplified it again. Uh, Lance Archer cut his own promo, which I'm like, yay! But then Matt Hardy came backstage to Private Party. is like, you guys remind me of the Hardy bros. I'm like, no, stop! Made them Private Party, not the next Hardy brothers. It really feels weird that we're seemingly going to get away from Matt versus Inner Circle without having like the like the payoff I'd expect from it <laughs> without doing a Matt and Jericho match yeah like I, I don't know it's very odd especially because we never got um old delete elite or whatever it was all elite delete <laughs> I guess the stadium stampede was kind of the elite delete I think the original plans for that uh that string of that feud got really messed up because blood and guts and then the old delete elite delete 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 Getting mixed up and scrapped and just probably morphed into the one match being the stadium stampede. Yeah, stadium stampede was basically the elite delete and blood and guts combined. Mm. I liked this Lance promo a lot, and I liked that like Jake sold like he's unhinged and he's actually kind of worried about him. Yeah, that's what should Lance, what Lance should be. It should be his own character traits. Get the snake out of here. Yeah, he should have his own snake. Well, he does. Um, <laughs> it's Jake. <laughs> yes, indeed. He starts, uh, he starts dragging Jake over people. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts Jake in a bag. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot to mention this at the start of the show. They set up pyro at the start of every show, and I really hope they're just running the same footage of the same pyro every week. That instead would be of- amazing. Instead of, like, setting off new pyro in front of nobody week after week. Hey, man, there's a crowd out there. A crowd of your paid performers. Yeah, give them a show. <laughs> they deserve their pyro. Yeah, if they're going to stand there for seven hours. Oh, wait. Is it weird that, like, Chris Jericho against Cole Cabana is, like, exactly the kind of match I want out of AEW? Yeah, because it's, like... What is the weird, not even dream matches, but just matches that you'd never expect to happen that you were, like, strangely excited for? And it's, like, like two legends, but on different levels of wrestling. It's like when you go through TNA history and you see there's, like, a match between AJ Styles and Dusty Rhodes. And you're like, that's mm. a match I never wanted to see, but it's a match I'm happy exists. It's a match I now have to see that I know exists. Whereas, like, like Chris, Chris Jericho and Cole Cabana is on a similar level. Like, like a journeyman indie guy against the biggest star in the world for 15 years finally colliding in a wrestling ring. And it's, they had a really fun little TV match. It was it won't blow your socks off. But there was, like, a, a spot where, where uh, Cole, or Colt went for his, like, jump over pin. Does that have a name? Um, Superman. Ah, yes, the Superman pin. He went for the Superman pin. Jericho... Dropped his legs, countered into the walls of Jericho, and I was like, "Oh, that's so that's so clever. That's such a smart spot." It was so good because I initially got mad at Chris because I thought he forgot when he put his like he propped his legs up late, and I was like, "Oh, Chris!" But then, oh, it was like it, it popped me hard, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't expect that." It suckered him in, yeah. So that, like this match, it's probably like a three and a quarter star match, but it's one of those three and a quarter star matches that you're like, "I'm happy this match exists." Yeah. And it's just cool. It's a cool, like, little historic footnote. I feel like they've really done a good job of keeping Cabana kind of strong. <laughs> like, he doesn't win the big ones, which is actually the point of the storyline coming in. But, like, he does still feel like a viable guy to have, like, a TNT title match or something. Yeah, he hasn't been dumped down to, like, complete jobber and hurt. And I, I think Colt will always have that kind of level of credibility just because, like, he's Colt Cabana. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever be a guy you look at that's, like... You're absolutely useless. What are you doing here? Yeah. Jericho won with the Judas Effect before, or he called out Mike Tyson, and the real uh, baddest man on the planet showed up, Orange Cassidy. Okay, Jericho needs to stop doing his back elbow, because he hit two back elbows that looked straight up like Judas Effects during this match. But did they have the full rotation? One of them was real close. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, you don't, you don't have make... the velocity, Liam. You need the velocity of the Judas effect. That's the difference. Okay. But yes, the baddest man on the planet. Orange Cassidy. Big OC. I'm still going to... Again, I will reiterate. If they do this match without a crowd, I will be so mad. I will be that's, your first, that's your first match back with the crowd. Right there. Yeah, uh, which they set up uh, Hager, Santana, and Ortiz against Best Friends next week. That, I was very disappointed. Him I was jumping into Jericho. Best Friends' arms... 
was <laughs> so good. <laughs> to escape. He had his escape plan laid out, Liam. He's very smart. He's um the architect of the best friends. How wild is it that Orange Cassidy is the biggest star of those three? I mean... Let's go back to all the tweets of the people saying that he shouldn't have been hired. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, he's legitimately one of the biggest attractions this company has. Like, his, his videos, uh, YouTube videos, go look at the AEW YouTube. Literally anything that or- has Orange Cassidy in the title does extremely well. Bigger ratings than Mike Tyson, baby. Yeah, they, they should. Jericho Tyson, Jericho Orange Cassidy is a bigger match than Jericho Mike Tyson. Do it all out. <laughs> Drag it along. You should, they should have uh, someone take out Mike Tyson and then Orange Cassidy replaces him as the real baddest man of the planet. If they don't, if they don't do some like, you know, crazy Bullet Club someone debuting thing with Cody, like for his open challenge, have Orange Cassidy be the one who beats him. Yeah, I think that would work. Again, with a crowd. But yes, yes. That, that, that would go well. If we ever have a crowd, like I, I keep saying with a crowd, but like you really can't plan with or without a crowd anymore. But alas. Oh, I don't know. I was going to say like, I guess because here it feels like it's almost done because like everything's reopening at this point. I always keep thinking like, oh, we're getting close to crowds again, but then realizing that the state of affairs in America are much dire. Uh, Britt Baker. She's she's still there. She's she's our role model, and she's all decked out. Sorry, I was distracted by work stuff. <laughs> I was gonna say you really no sold my big like point. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So this, is a, this is an annoying thing about people messaging me. Leave me alone, people. I leave this all in. <laughs> yes, I. You know what? I will leave this all in. Uh, you know, I, know what I always say. Yeah, this is what the people want. They want the realness. Authenticity, yes. They want, they want the sincerity and the authenticity of our, our pod. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from Arena Club com the only repack that provides real value a complete view of all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one now when i buy slab packs at arena club it finally feels like i know what i'm getting i was able to open an arena club slab pack and and i'll be honest it was a lot better than what you normally do say you go to a card show and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards and yeah you can open it and look it's going to be junk you're you you know what i mean like you know what you're probably going to get in those maybe you find that fun and sometimes i do sometimes i like just opening up cards and saying hey look at some random cards whatever but if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being you know almost nothing you know nothing of value not with arena club you can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off again that's arena club.com slash vow net arena club.com slash vow net for 10 percent off your first purchase on arena club and we thank them for sponsoring the voices of wrestling podcast network what's going on guys this is rich from the flagship podcast here 
on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one, offering you triple security. So you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door. But it's not just for security. Eufy Video Lock is also for convenience. No more concerns about losing keys, and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras. Some other great features we love about the Eufy Video Lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a Phillips screwdriver, no drilling required. Keyless entry, no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full. You never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters. You also have 0.3 second, 0.3 second, fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2k clear sight see who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They're on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the Eufy video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition, one second doors unlocked much much easier so if you want to jump on board with eufy video lock search eufy video lock that is e u f y video lock again that's eufy video lock e u f y video lock or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door casting method Mm. That's why, in the times of trouble, they come to us to hear some real opinions, some down-to-earth thoughts, and that's why they trust us as their number one source for news and political discussion. Get Britt Baker out of here. We're the true role models. Yeah, with three L's. Yes, which led to Nyla Rose against Big Swole. Nyla won, then Swole had a confrontation with Britt. Good match. I like that match. More Swole like on the show. Swole least... was great moved away from the our husbands stuff to yes, just that is good, she's good. a bitch <laughs> yeah they hate each other um, it's like she's a dumb people person in a, a golf cart which she crashed into a barrier <laughs> shout out to rebel <laughs> <laughs> like what a like out of nowhere like has managed to be on awtv for like four weeks in a row now i like rebel Back to the dollhouse. You gotta love the dollhouse. You gotta love the menagerie. You gotta love the these, these, these long-term storytelling. Um, I actually thought it was kind of early to do to bring Brit back, even though her like vignette was funny. I was like, like I thought you have an out. She's out for like three months. So yeah, you can't really do this for three whole months. Yeah, I guess unless you have her like swallow like take this injured woman out. <laughs> They, they should do a deletion. They should do a cinematic match, Liam. They shouldn't do a wrestling match. They should do Swole against Britt Baker in a dentist office. They'll probably do something like Rebel wrestles on her behalf. I'm trying to come up with some kind of dental themed match pun. I'm drawing the toothache, the root canal match. Jawmageddon. Jawmageddon. There you go. It's a Jawmageddon match. It's not even a particularly good pun, but we'll take it. Oh, come on. Sorry that my first like offering wasn't good enough for you. Listen, I want better. This is this, I expect better out of my podcast host. Uh, if it was a different TNA stable, it would it could be called the Decay. Well, oh, there you go, the Tooth Decay. There, you, this, 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 there you go. Yeah. 
uh, Darby and Tony had a series of uh, oh, I was love filling fest. Uh, filling fest. Yeah, that works. There you go. Filling fest. It'll be at Fighter Fest. It'll be the filling fest. Uh, they should do it at a dental office. Yeah. Boom. Book it, TK. In your dental <laughs> practice. If nothing else but to make Joe Joe Lanza mad at having to watch more cinematic wrestling. The best wrestling. All wrestling should be cinematic. Darby Allen cut a promo about how life is a joke, but he'll have the last laugh. We've never related to something more. Uh, they will. He'll. He's still feuding with Brian Cage, so I assume that's where Cage will go after he loses to Mox, which is. Or oh, that's right. him. That's how they warm him up for Mox. But why uh, Fighter Fest? Oh yeah, we still have a month until Fighter Fest. I guess they could do that before Mox. Yeah, and that'll be a cool match. Uh, yeah. Apparently, they had a very good Evolve match once. That's not a real company. It's not. So there's no way of proving this. If it, if it was on the award-winning WWE Network, then maybe. But. Tony Schiavone interviewed the revival. Um, <laughs> this is sorry, really FTR. good. And he's like, "What does FTR stand for?" It's like FTR is a lifestyle. It means lots of things. It means whatever FTR can good mean. Good meme. Good cover. I like this a lot. I think this is actually the thing I was most excited about on this show. <laughs> Going in, uh, did it live up to your expectations? Yeah, I, it's probably my favorite thing on the show. I just like hearing them talk. Very old school. And then I liked Tony. I thought it was Fuck the Revival. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, we get a little Butcher and Blade thing. They throw a water bottle at them, I think. (laughs) And and then, um... Oh, it's going to take a minute. Cash? (laughs) I'm I'm not going to ever remember. It's going to be... like People always gave out about the Naturals. That they couldn't know which one was Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. That's going to be me with the Revival. I'm never going to remember which one of these. I know which one's which. I just don't remember the new names. And which name applies to which person. I think Cash is Dash. (laughs) <laughs> that helps. I, think, I hope that's true and then they did a great bit where he's like it was just for just for, and as he's walking away throws the water at him I was like that's great they're such like perfect dickheads and we're getting that match next week apparently and I thought that was definitely going to be a fighter fest night 2 match yeah they've been well they, they they listed all the teams they'd like to face and conspicuously left out the young bucks furthering that story <laughs> and then they said they just want to beat him in 3 seconds yeah, I do think it's kind of dumb that they're like, we're a tag team that plays by the rules. It's like, because I think they're meant to be heels, or at least veer toward heels. Well, they're meant to be like, Jim Cornette, like, why are they doing all these flips and not obeying tag rules and such? But like, if like you're curmudgeons. But if you're the heels and you're giving out about baby faces not obeying tag rules, you look just kind of stupid, don't you? Because if the referees allow you not to tag in and out... They're meant to be tattletales. <laughs> but, like, still, it still makes you look stupid. I guess they're meant to be, like, wrestling purists. Because, like, they, they, they were like, oh, how about those tags during the opening match? And I'm like, you look stupid. I think if that was like... more of a shot at the Lucha Brothers and how at the start they literally just weren't tagging. <laughs> Yeah, but it's still stupid. Like, if the referees allow you not to tag, you shouldn't be like, oh, referee, they're not playing fair. I'm a are heel. You, are you saying that the the heels are complaining? <laughs> no, I'm saying the heels look stupid. Yeah, the heels are meant to look stupid. They're not that kind of stupid, though. Uh, did you not see their WWE run? <laughs> well, there's a different kind of stupid. There's many kinds of stupid that you shouldn't look like in wrestling. It doesn't matter. They're going to have good matches, and that's all that matters. I did like how... <laughs> In the last, like, three years, has Dave Meltzer's name been brought up on wrestling programming more than, like, any time in history? Yeah, it's the, the woes of the Twitter world we live in, that, like, Dave has never been more, like, visible, so people keep on mentioning him. And, like, I suppose it just adds to the ethos of the Dave Meltzer. It's good for his brand, the fact that people keep bringing him up. It's certainly good for Wrestling Observer subscriptions. Why weren't they, like... And, you know... Garrett and Liam giving five star matches to the to Kenny and Hangman. They're picking Kenny and Hangman for match of the week every single week. Yeah. It should be us. Yeah, and those guys on wrestling war games. <laughs> Call us out, FTR, you cowards! Yeah. If you're not scared of a real team, it's easy to, to go for Dave Meltzer. Yeah, face us on VW Quiz Night. It's still a sore spot for me. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Didn't you make the questions? I bet that was for a different round. 
I, I was going to say, how Brown. did you lose something that you made the questions for? Because the first week was me against Kelly, and it was a draw, technically, and I lost on a, a tie break that Rob had to only come up Wait, with in the what, moment, what was, and I what was What was the Rob. question? What was the question? I'll see if I can answer it, and then we will win together as a team. Oh, it was, who did Baron Corbin wrestle on a show in, like, 2015? <laughs> All right, okay, I'm going to, was it Kalisto? It was Kalisto. But we won. Kelly got there first. It was very we upsetting. Won. I was wrong. We won. No, no, it's expunged now. Oh, yeah, Officially, yeah. Screw you, Kelly. Wednesday War Games are the first winners of VW Quiz Night. There we go. Let it be we're known. The endless winners. You should, you should participate this week. The, oh, no, no, we're fact, into the semis. You can't participate. The fact that I guessed Kalisto out of every possible name. <laughs> you and did got listen. That? You're, you're lying to me. I have not listened to a... I don't even know the format. <laughs> I know five-star oh, match games format. <laughs> I was robbed. Main event, Cody, Jungle Boy. Wait, Why did Cody bleed? I don't get it. Because he's his father's son. But, like, it added nothing to the match. It didn't add to Jungle... Uh, I thought, like, I'm, I'm, because... I'm not one of those people who's like, there should be no blood in wrestling. Right. But, it's like, this was completely meaningless it's blood in wrestling. Cody hasn't bladed in, like, two months and he got antsy. <laughs> He needs, he needs his blood on the mat of AEW so he can he can be sincere when he said like I leave my blood sweat and tears there Garrett are you familiar with the, the current AEW meme what's the current AEW meme uh, Cody has become the recipient the latest recipient of the Cody wins lol he's the new wins lol out there really yes because apparently he buries all of the AEW mid card by Even having 50-50 like, matches where he puts them over. <laughs> and he lost to MJF, he drew at Darby, he lost to Jericho. Like, the pro- there was a problem for a while where Cody was losing too much. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, everyone complained about the Elite losing at the start. Now the Elite is starting to win. Everyone complains about the Elite winning. It's almost like these people are acting in bad faith and don't have any actual opinion on it. <laughs> and and like, just going to push a narrative. Jungle Boy shouldn't be beating Cody. It's not. It's not like they built Jungle Boy up for this big moment where he's finally going to dethrone Cody at mm. all out, and they yeah, built that's it up Orange for Cassidy's moment. And then he loses to Cody. Then I'd be like, all right, you know, they built him up for a moment, and then they cut the legs out from under him. No, this is just a one-off TV match. He shouldn't have won. I'm, I'm more annoyed about the blood in this match because it was pointless and didn't serve a purpose. Cody has blonde hair, you see. <laughs> so he must blade. You relate that? Have you just started blading randomly yourself? Every day of my life, just to just to see how it looks. Wait, that sounded real like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like gigging. Oh, there we go. That's that's AW. Cody retained. That was it. Yeah. that was the show. Um, the match was okay. It was fine. People were like, "This is a good." I was like, "Hey, it was alright." People are too, too good, easy on Jungle Boy. <laughs> I thought Jungle Boy was fine. I just thought there was just wasn't anything to this match. There was, and it just ended suddenly, and Cody bled for no reason. I was like, I forgot. All right, who said it? Maybe multiple people, probably. But someone says like Cody is a crowd wrestler, mm-hmm. and that's. I think it's becoming more evident. Maybe that's why people are turning on Cody, or maybe that's just right. the plight of the Ace. Uh, it is the plight of the ace, you know. Like the, there was the Hiroshi Tanahashi his bad movement in like twenty. That was oh, well. He was another recipient of Tana Winslow. That's because you can't push people. People don't understand what a push is anymore. <laughs> I just how could you hate Tanahashi? He's like the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to give a shout out to um um me uh Swole no Swole Swole more Power Rangers gear. Oh. <laughs> this does not excite you? This is in tribute to the Ashleys and Kelsey's and Kira's and Dustin's and Aisha's and Trini's and Maya's. So names of and Power Katie's. Rangers that you know. I'm out of Yellow Rangers. Damn it, I've only got through like seven of them. <laughs> I don't think I could name a Power Ranger. Uh, yeah, there was so a Tommy. The Yellow Ranger. There, there was, was a Tommy. Tommy. That's about it. And they had an episode Why where th- they fought the Ninja Turtles or something. Yeah, in space. Power Rangers in space. Fought the Ninja so, Turtles. That's about all I know. And Why they have you, Zords. How did, you, how did you grow up as a child in like the early 2000s and not watch I Power wa- Rangers? I watched like the occasional episode, but I never watched like a series of it. You're, you're problematic, Liam. I watched Pokemon. I watched Pokemon. I watched Digimon. I watched Power Rangers. I watched Pokemon, Digimon, Wrestling, 
Yu-Gi-Oh. And then Naruto, Yu-Gi-Oh, and Dragon Ball. You missed the best. The Power Rangers is the best. I, I want to be a Power Ranger. Inuyasha. If, 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 if Power Rangers Moon. casting casting agents are listening to this, I'm just getting uh, Sailor Moon in here for John. Uh, hey, John, and, I'll watch Sailor Moon someday. And if Probably any animes are listening, <laughs> please cast <laughs> me as an anime. Make me a Power Ranger. That's a AW. Onto NXT. Um... <laughs> Can we just, like, rapid-fire through it? Uh, well, isn't that what we do with NXT? Uh, as I <laughs> turn... <laughs> How do you feel about Mia Yim being called Yimitless? I mean, it's as bad as everything else, nickname-wise is. That's true. The show opened with Candice LeRae against Mia Yim. They actually had a nice little intense match until then they suddenly freaking went to a double countdown. And I was like, of course, the thing I'm suddenly enjoying on this show has the legs cut out from under it in a way that I'm just like, ah, stupid next day. I really hate that like Debbie does this shtick where like someone will run into a video board and then it will just start flashing like that's how video <laughs> boards work. They've interrupted the LED signals, Liam. Like, like the old CRTs and you just beat them up until they break that's that's how technology works how do you know have you ever run into an LED board more times than I care to admit we had a big brawl with all the women uh, which I think sets up a six man a six woman tag even for yes uh, in your house which and then it turned into Gargano and Candice against Keith Lee and me which doing that match now all of a sudden is kind of stupid yeah I thought that was the end game it just threw it out on TV for no reason. I didn't enjoy Johnny wrestling in pants, and he was very upset about and this. His cool jacket, and then he stabbed Keithley in the eye with a with a key. As one, wow, oh, classic NXT ripping off AEW. Uh, when did that happen in AEW? Moxley, Jericho, the inner circle stabbing him with a key. Oh, they did. Oh, I know, classic NXT ripping Mox- off no, Moxley, AEW. Moxley stabbed Santana with a key. Yeah. Uh, to which Maru responded, That may be the key to victory! <laughs> <laughs> he should have made like, And that's going to break his Kingdom Hearts. Oh, God. Uh, if Maru made Kingdom Hearts references, the world would actually clap- collapse in on itself. Like, the, yeah. the, 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 there would be no comprehension. The, 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 the tag match was fine, I don't care. Not a great well, build to a- this match at Sunset. Like, there's a takeover this weekend, Liam. It's not a real takeover. It's weird. This show didn't even build to it. Yeah, it's well, it NXT. Did, but... <laughs> it did the same amount of build that any NXT show has to take over. Barely. Dexter Loomis was painting. Uh, he was drawing. It wasn't paint. It was That's the same thing. Listen, Mister Artist over here, just being like, "Oh, I'm well, sorry actually, that I, it's a drawing. I'm sorry that I saw textures <laughs> with my eyes." Drake Maverick cut a promo. How do you feel about this? Oh, yeah, we'll get to that, I suppose. Uh, you know what? All of you fucking dopes <laughs> out there saying that this was good. Shut up. The Drake Maverick not stuff. Only, not only was the storyline shit, yeah, they blundered really the entire build to it by the way he, by the actual match structure in every match building to it. He's just a nerd. And then he lost. And, like, he didn't even lose... I assume they're turning Phantasma, because, like, they're, they're obviously building oh, toward... He was the bad guy. Who would have called it? Me. I called it. That's why I did my little thing. But if you're gonna, like, do the turn here. Like, get heat on him here. Like, you know? If you're gonna beat Drake Maverick in this final, have him be beaten by someone who'll get heat from it, not someone who you're still currently presenting as a babyface. Shouldn't this have been a takeover? <laughs> Uh, probably, but the, the Drake isn't worth being put on takeover. Well, to be fair, he didn't think he was having his job then. Oh, that, that's fair, yeah. They didn't think he could be employed that long. Like, the way they booked Drake Maverick in this story tells you that they don't believe in Drake Maverick. They don't. He's the guy who d- can't win. He's not a good underdog because they don't, they don't allow him to actually beat people. He's a slip on a banana peel. Under uh, He wins by fluke and they don't actually believe in him, which makes it all the more disingenuous. <laughs> it, it was disingenuous when they had a crowd full of employees cheering for him getting a contract <laughs> to a company he may have already been employed to the entire time. And they weren't like, Drake Maverick is gone from WWE. They were like, Drake Maverick's career is over. It's like, yeah, there's, well, there's nothing else after WWE. I hate. Like, well, you uh, see, I, in yeah, yeah, in WWE, like, the Panthology and the ethos of WWE, right? 
Japan exists and it is one company and Mexico exists and it is one country, one company, right? Yes. So after the debris, you can either go to, Me- go to Mexico or go to Japan or you come from Mexico or you come from Japan and there's nothing else. So <sighs> his career was over. We had the prime target on Adam Cole. Against I didn't watch this. Dream. I didn't watch the it. Dream was on roller skates. There you I go. I don't care about this match and... If for one second you don't think that everything that I predicted last week is going to happen, you are a fool. What did you predict? I predicted that it's going to be Velveteen Nightmare. He's going to throw him into a house and they're going to do a bunch of house spooky house spots and Dexter Loomis is going to come out from under a bed. I thought they said it was going to be a backlop brawl. Yeah, until they go to the in-your-house set during the match. I see. It's in the backlot. Yeah, in the backlot. And then he'll knock... Alright, I'm updating the plan. <laughs> it's gonna hit, like, Cole in the head with a pipe, and then they're gonna do, like, the woo, woo, woo dream sequence, and then it's going to happen inside Adam Cole's mind. Uh, I don't want it. I, am <laughs> the, I just don't want it. I am the king of cinematics. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I didn't watch this. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, his painting, or his drawing, I'm so sorry, uh, was Undisputed Era tied up in a truck. Which Beth said was the creepiest like piece of art she's ever seen. Has there's she never seen art, art before? Yeah. Beth, Beth, you were a woman on TV. I'm sure there's creepy art about you out there. No, oh, don't even want to think about it. And you, you're not only that, you, you're a woman in wrestling who was like in a, who has been in multiple relationships with people in wrestling. There's definitely creepy art, creepy art of you out there. <laughs> Gotta love wrestling fans. People are perverts, man. Uh, it's well intentioned. <laughs> oh, I kind of. I, it's always like I get annoyed at Maro's quips. I just find Beth's kind of endearing. Uh, she she did say I'll I'll go to it now when the, when the fashion police were entering. She was like, "Somebody call Tom Pritchard because we're about to see <laughs> heavenly bodies." I was like, "That's actually, you know what, Beth? I'm okay yeah, with this." Yeah, that was pretty good. And then, like, she had some other line, like, about it right after that I was going to note, but then I forgot, so I didn't. And then this whole tangent was for nut. Isaiah Scott Swerve. Scott Swerve Sorry, what? Start that Isaiah, again. Isaiah Scott Swerve. Nope. Uh, Swerve Scott. That's why I'm getting it wrong. I'm getting the, the word order wrong. Isaiah Swerve Scott defeated Tony Nese in a match as interesting as all the other Cruiserweight matches on the show. This was a good three-minute tournament ma- oh wait that's done <laughs> but did you not see triple h's tweet liam they respect the cruiserweights they showed what cruiserweights can do cruiser weight brother what three minute television matches uh scott won sure mm-hmm. and there was like <laughs> sure. a little there was a bad guy yeah the villain jack gallagher showed up for a bit did he yeah he showed up and he distracted scott and then and then like uh Nice was gonna do the old jig and tonic, and then Scott rolled him up, and then oh yeah, Gallagher he ran after him, him, and then he still won. That's yeah. Ugh, At least if you're gonna do that, they did the flash pinfall finish, which I think is better than like I hit you with my move after I've been distracted. Um, I th- I think I've come to the conclusion I just hate NXT. Like we're going on it's to just... Undisputed Era against uh, Lorcan <laughs> and Birch and Brizango, and like for the first time in the entire run of Lorcan and Birch. They actually told us a little about who they were last week. And then they just have them lose to Breezango. I'm like, what is this show even for? The problem is, NXT is just really not exciting. And I'm sure, I mean, I was going to say, I'm sure it's part of that studio, the atmosphere. But the atmosphere at Full Sail isn't even that much better. So, it's just not a very interesting show. But you just watch things and they don't do anything that's just like oh we're going to tell you a little more about Lorcan and Birch so that presumably they're facing Imperium at the takeover but then we're just going to bring Breezango back and they're still clowns and then they win even though they've they're, been jobbers space, for a while they're space boys space, space clowns boys. space clowns would be terrifying wouldn't they imagine like going to space and just seeing do you like, a write clown from it a sh- do you want to write a short film called space clowns uh sure uh, cool. it's mostly about Elon Musk Opening scene. <laughs> ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Elon Musk is in the hospital with his baby. Uh, a <laughs> space clown shows up, attacks him, but Grimes. I, I, I was more thinking that um, 
Elon Musk is the titular space clown. Oh, no, sure. that's the big reveal at the end. That's okay. the big swerve, is that he was the space clown the entire time. <laughs> and I it's just, it's part. like, the reveal isn't him, like, doing a creepy face. I think it's him turning to the camera deadpan, getting a red nose and putting it on. And then, cut. The end? Question mark? Space clown. Which I think I made the, uh, the end question mark joke last week about the Velveteen Nightmare. <laughs> You, Damn, you my really tropes are being revealed. You can't commit to an ending, Liam. Come on. No, I, no I'm just always prepping for a sequel. Yeah, sequelitis out here in Liam Jones's fictional canons. Mm-hmm. Um, Who cares about Imperium? talked about the main event. Uh, <laughs> we still have matches before the main now event. we don't. <laughs> it's all over. Imperium will face Brizango at the takeover. Sure. Um, Aaliyah... Yeah. Uh, so basically, Robert Stone is a big nerd and he got dropped, and now he is an even bigger nerd because he is trying to recruit a loser who he said goodbye to, and it's not working. All right, and then we move on. Uh, <laughs> we're going to Cameron Grimes. You missed the 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 prime target. I watched this prime target. Uh, you you were big into Pete Rosenberg, Joshi expert. I was... <laughs> Where he was like, oh, uh, Io Shirai. Io Shirai is the AJ like, Styles of Japan. Isn't she travelled all the over the world, Garrett. Don't you remember all of those other world travels that she did? Yeah, before she went to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, Pat McAfee, yeah. again, expert on Joshi. <laughs> it's really funny because like, Rhea's character is so clearly like... WWE's interpretation of what a babyface is. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, she goes to the gym early. Don't you <laughs> love her? It's very she relatable. has commitment. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I appreciate that she has commitment, but it doesn't make me, like, love the character. <laughs> no. Yep, and then, of course, let <laughs> me move on to Cameron <laughs> Grimes versus Bronson Reed. <laughs> Uh, Cameron Grimes got beat up the entire match and then won at the end with his flash finish and then afterwards Karrion Cross murdered Bronson Reed and then we go to the main event um, in which we already talked about it so the show is over that main event who cares about the match it was fine but like I don't know it was somehow I didn't expect much out of it I expected it to be very slimy, very sleazy, very gross. And it was somehow worse than I thought it would be. I just Murray screaming on commentary that Drake's career is over. Over and over and over over. And uh, and Drake looks into the camera and says, I failed you, but thank you. And then he walks away. It gets very NXT melodrama. Like, it's very, like, Johnny Gargano looking at his hands. And then, like, in typical NXT fashion, the, the, the hero of the story is Triple H, yeah. who walks out and he's like, we're giving you a contract <gasps> to the developmental brand. Congratulations. <gasps> and you've really the, done this. They've we only fired you. the only real WWE moment in, like, the last ten years. <laughs> but, like, it even speaks to how shitty WWE is <laughs> that they only realized the talent of this man when they fired him. They fired him. He did a video by himself. It got over and they're like, gee, golly whiz, guys. Maybe this guy has likable. Maybe that... this guy has talent. <laughs> to be fair, that happens when you have 200 people employed. But he was like, he was a, a slimy main roster heel for the entirety of his run there. Uh, except when he was 205 Live Babyface General Manager, which is a bizarre. For a year. Yeah, but like he he was still two of five live babyface manager while doing the like. Remember while when managing... he pissed himself? Yeah, those I don't even remember the authors of pain. There we go. That's the name of that tag team. And while he was doing the twenty four seven, I want to have sex gimmick, and he was still in the the, the entirety of that time two of five live man- general manager. He might still be two of five live general manager. I don't no, know. No, he re- he re- he quit. Remember to enter the tournament. And then he got fired. So that, that was his mistake. He quit. Yeah. Himself. Yeah. See that they they started to question his loyalty. When he quit 205 Live. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 that it took a guy, basically, again, getting over by himself because he was fired for them to recognize his talent is uh, yet another indictment of WWE's complete and utter inability to recognize talent and actually push them accordingly. 
And I hated this. I hated this so much. I hated it, it with like a deep, seething pat. It's just, it was so gross that the they're like, is- look at this feel good moment because we fired him and then brought him back. That is that so heartwarming? It's like, go fuck yourselves. Stop Not to mention the fact that like it's that. completely immoral with like all the actual firings that happened. I wonder if Drake's new NXT contract that he's offered was a fraction of what he was getting paid before. And, like, there were people who were like, oh, well, maybe it was a work all along. And they're like, that's worse again. Like, if it was a work all along, they faked firing somebody while really firing shitloads of people so they could tell a shitty-ass story badly. Drake, Drake, Drake. That's WWE NXT. By the way, none of this had anything to do with the takeover on Sunday, so good job, guys. You really build that one up. He's gonna beat Cole or Saturday, for the whatever that goddamn takeover is. Who cares? I don't know when this. Uh, it's usually Saturday, but the last one was on Sunday, so I don't even know anymore. I don't care anymore. I don't like this show. Like there was that one week where this show was good, and I'm like, oh yeah, remember when this show was good? And then ever since then, it's just been like short matches that you don't remember, bad stories that don't go anywhere. No one's getting over. No one's moving up anywhere, and it's just endless. And I just just make a better show it's as bad as their other shows and there's nothing that can be done about it because they're desperate to fight a ratings war that they can never win match of the week liam um the revivals interview segment (laughs) not a wrestling match it's the best match of the week i'm gonna go with colt and jericho pick a match i'm gonna go with cash throwing his water bottle at Braxton Stutter. Stutter. Pick a match. I pick picked a match. my match. Wardlow wasn't even... No, Wardlow no, didn't no. even do a squash. You have to pick a match. You cannot abandon our format. I'm a slave to format. Uh, Why is this so happened? hard? There's like Because they were all like the same. <laughs> um, pick one. Pick <laughs> one. Dax and no shit. Um, yeah, you bottled it. <laughs> Just like Christian they bottled somebody else. There we go. Show of the week. AEW. Yeah, AEW wasn't great. It was fine, but NXT even, annoyed even me when AEW is like kind of boring, it's still leagues better. It's not even close. Uh, fan poll: eighty-three percent AEW, seventeen percent NXT, with three hundred seventeen votes. So again, landslide. Uh, bigger landslide than last week. Last week was only seventy-five percent. So yeah, I'm. I'm AEW was even as you said. This week's AEW was like it's fine. It was a fine wrestling yeah, show. It's probably like better than last week's, to be fair. But it's still like uh, aside from Colt and Jericho, which is a, a fun historical footnote. Everything else in that show is just disappear and. Mm-hmm. It's still miles better than NXT, which infuriates me on multiple levels. I think we should start comparing Dark to NXT. It's a fairer comparison. I That would require me to watch Dark, which I refuse to do on principle. What if just this show stopped reviewing Dynamite and just reviewed <laughs> Dark instead to give NXT a chance? Uh, I think... That, that would be fair. Um, let's start comparing NXT to Raw and SmackDown. I still, I still think it might not always win. No, I think there's a chance that Raw wins. SmackDown oh, will never win that, but Raw, maybe. If you would like more Elite coverage in your feed, you can listen to everything Elite. If you'd like more WWE television show coverage in your feed, you can listen to Shake Them Ropes. You can follow me on Twitter, at Gargitty, or T-T-K-I-N-Y, can't even spell my own name. Uh, you can follow the uh, Wrestling War Games account on Twitter at WarGamesPod. Liam was briefly unlocked yesterday, I noticed. He has since locked his account again. So, unfortunately, you can't follow... If you were spot- if you were spying Liam's Twitter yesterday, you could have followed him. But you can't right now. I don't think anyone managed to get in the, in the time. I made a great three-count tweet, and you all missed it. You gotta, you gotta, we gotta wait. You gotta spot Liam's Twitter all the time. You just have to have to open it in a browser and refresh it's constantly. A, it's it's a new fun game for our listeners. <laughs> Try and follow Liam on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, as we've stated every time, if you have a following or a blue tick, you can take your shot. Thanks for listening, and bye bye. Bye. It's a bad bye. <laughs>